This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hey there, sports history fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude. And I want to welcome you back because this is the last part of a three-part series crossover event between the Football History Dude podcast and Yesterday Sports. Mark and Dave are going to finish off their discussion about Super Bowl X Then we get into some good conversations about the gap between generations. And of course, if you did not listen to part one and part two, you probably should go do that first. But if you're all ready to go, let's get after it. Yeah, with, you know, so, and he talked about that, but he was a, he was tremendous, but that was his rookie year, that Super Bowl 10. And that was Thomas Henderson's rookie. They had 12 rookies that year, Mark? 30 dozen. 12, 12 rookies. Pat yep. Donovan. I don't know. Yep. Out of those 12, I don't know how many. I don't think too many of them were starting in that first year because Landry didn't like to start rookies. But I think. There was a linebacker, right. Woolsey. He was a rookie, I, don't I think. I think he lasted too long. But they had Pat Donovan. Uh, I think was Herb um, Scott one of them? I can't remember if Herb Scott was. I think Herb, Herb Scott. Herb Scott could have been. I'm, I, I think can't he remember. Might have been one of the rookies. Uh, yeah, they had a tremendous class of rookies there. Yeah. They had a they had a great great team that year, and it was just they fell a little short, and then they played Pittsburgh again a few years later, and that was another great Super Bowl, but. Uh, they needed a running back, and they addressed it. Two years later, they picked up Tony Dorsett. But you could see it in Super Bowl Ten. Pittsburgh had a yeah. dynamic running back in Franco Harris, and you know he didn't he didn't have a huge game, but he yeah. did in Super Bowl Thirteen. He hurt him uh, a little, but you know he had a great year, Franco Harris. That year was a tremendous, I have to tremendous have a lot year. Of respect for uh, you know a lot of people criticize him because he would run out of bounds. But that guy, uh, I don't know. I think maybe uh, Emmett Smith broke his record. For years and years, he held the record for most yardage in the postseason. Franco Harris. He held that record for years. He always came up big in the playoffs. And the guy was tremendous. They, they, every year, he'd go over 1,000 yards. And uh, he took a lot of criticism from some people because he would, he would run out of bounds. But, yeah. They say he does a lot of charity work. And he yeah, always he was giving back to the community, yeah, he does. too. He seemed like a decent guy. Definitely seemed. Yep. You know? But, but that, that that was Super Bowl Ten. You know, you know what else is funny? I made a note of this. I almost forgot. <clears throat> Somewhere in the fourth quarter... <laughs> Tom Brookshire, he's going to go down to the dressing room. All of a sudden, like you would, the guy just leaves the booth, and in comes Hank Stram. Like they're just changing announcers, right? Like the game's three quarters over with, and Hank Stram comes in, who I always liked. Oh, by the way, a- I loved Hank Stram doing games, and and I, I you know, I never read, I, I, I yeah. until I watched it again, I, I didn't remember that. I'm like, this is unbelievable. But then the best part of it all is. He doesn't go down, Brookshire. The game got close. Right. He comes back into the booth, Brookshire. He didn't go down to the to the dressing room. So, 
But, you know, that, they had a reputation back then, Summerall and Brookshire, to being big party yeah. guys, big, big, heavy drinkers, both of them. So who knows what the hell was going on, really, behind the scenes. You don't really know. But, you know, people think like the NFL, it's, you know, this squared away deal and all this stuff. But there's so many stories I've heard over the years of stuff going on. And that could have just been one other thing, you know what I mean? But Hank Stram, all of a sudden, the guy just comes in That's out right. of nowhere and starts announcing. It, 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 it was yeah, great. Hank Stram it really was, a was. No, just remember, though, Mark, no, no yeah. penalties for Pittsburgh. That's all you got to know. That's right. Only time ever in Super Bowl history. That's the right. team went unpenalized in a game. Yeah. <laughs> so you got to know. Then. It was, I'll tell you what, it was fun rewatching it, you know, because you, you're watching and you was, uh, what was I? It was, what was it? 70, it was the uh, January of 77. So I was a senior in high school. And I was January of 76. What was it? The bison. I'm sorry, that's right. January of 76. That, uh, so I was bison. a junior in high school. And I was probably six, right. 16 years old. Do you have no, all the other patches, Mark, or no? I have the one for 13. Super Bowl the patch. one for 10 and the one for 13. You have to look on the I, – I, I got them on eBay. They weren't even that expensive. I paid, I got, I paid, I got the original right. patches when they first kind of came out. I got them at that, I got them at that show. I got all five of them, the ones, the Super Bowls, the Cowboys won. And yeah. I sewed them onto jackets. People are like, oh, you're getting crazy now. What are you, what are you doing that for? You're I, I could care less. When we, I'll be dead over here. People will be throwing stuff out like it makes any difference. Put, put them on the coat, right. wear it around. Who cares? I got, you know, like a letterman's jacket with the leather sleeves. And one of them came with a star. And then I said, you know, what? I'm going to put some of these patches. So I put I put three on. Uh, I might even have the ones of the Super Bowls they lost, believe it or not. I have to go downstairs and look. But um, that was, uh, you know, those were, those were, they were expensive because I was getting the original. Oh, well, it's. You'll know by the back because the glue is a certain guy's, yeah. you know, all this kind of crazy stuff. You know what I mean? Now, right. what difference does it make? You know what I mean? Like my buddy's into cards and he's got to make sure the corners are perfect and all this stuff. Put them in the <laughs> thing. Don't make sure you don't touch yeah. the, you know. But, you know, it's just, that was a good game. It was a great game. It was fun to rewatch it again. It was fun to talk about it. Me and Mark, Arnie, during the week, we said, you know, we're talking about, we're, it's crazy. We're talking about these things and we're saying, you know, it's it's old and it's this and that. And, and, and it really doesn't have any impact on our lives. Mark was saying kind of in the, in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. And, but it kind of does, though. You know, I said to Mark, if you think about it, it does because <laughs> we're still talking about it. When I would call the fan, people loved it. They we would bring up old time stuff. People liked it. And so people liked listening to it. And when I had the ice cream shop and all that stuff was hanging up in there to this day, people are still talking about it. Not that, I mean, it's only been closed three years. We closed in 2019, but there's people that will, I know guys that I work with young, uh, guys that I work with on the job will come up to me, go, I went into that store when I was a little kid 
and they're only in their mid to late twenties now. And they're like, I was going in there, you know, I remember all this stuff and this and that. And, you know, you don't think about it, but there's, I guess a lot more people look at stuff or remember stuff than you think, you know? Right. I guess that's my point. Well, was it good? And you're, you know, you're, you're writing books, Mark, you know, and you're having fun doing it. So it did, it does have a bigger impact than you really think. You know what I mean? You're still doing it. It's you're, you know, you're, you're that you know, that much older, yeah, and you're still yeah, you know you have still the doing people stuff. that have criticize you and say, "Oh, you're living in the past." No, I'm not living in the past. I'm just reliving memories. I I, I do what I have to do today. So how am I living in the past? <laughs> I do what I have to do, <laughs> but I have good memories of the past. So I try to block out the bad memories of the past and remember the good memories, and that's. You know what the scary here's this is you want to hear something scary. Like a lot of these guys that come on the job, they're young guys, you know, they get involved in police work. And they're talking about stuff. And like I'm when I talk about when I go, oh, my favorite modern cowboy game is the ninety-two championship yep, game agree. against the 49ers, hands down. When before they went to Super Bowl twenty seven, that NFC championship game, the catch to Alvin Harper, that was my favorite. And in modern, the game is 20-something years old at yeah. this point. I'm referring to it as modern. And then these guys that are – some of there's a couple Cowboy fans at the police department. They weren't even born when that game was being played. Not even born yet. And I'm referring to right. it as modern, a modern era. You know, it's crazy. That's what's scary. That's very scary, I want to tell you I something. thought it was – your favorite game was the 91 Divisional. Oh, the, the Lions. <laughs> That's yeah. um, <laughs> my only claim to fame as a Lions fan. The only one playoff win in like, I don't know, 50-something years or whatever it is now. Tell you, the, the Lions did a number on him that yeah, day. Yeah, this guy, this guy really right here, did. he had that run. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, he had a, but that he had one. More than that. one run. They, and even when they played, I think in uh, – I think in 94, they played Monday Night Football. I think the Lions beat them again. Uh, they had those crazy old uniforms on the Lions with the solid shirts and pin- they 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 beat the Cowboys on a Monday night because I went down to the fan that night <laughs> to see Steve Summers and he had the game on and we were watching it. And I said, boy, oh boy, is he going to give me the business if they don't pull this one out? And they didn't pull it out. And, uh, and then Summers was, you know, Summers was always coming up with some kind of, he was a pretty witty guy. We talked about it years later on the air. I said, remember, Steve, we watched that Lions game. I said, the Lions beat the Cowboys on that Monday. He goes, yeah, that might have been the that might have been the last game they won. <laughs> he would say something crazy, Summers, but they played was good Eric that Kippel night, the Lions. They really it? did. Eric Kippel, the quarterback? Yeah. In that playoff game? Was that Kramer or Pete? Was Kramer there at that time? I think it was Eric Kippel. Maybe. Let me let me find out. Nineteen ninety one. I know he had a big game. Roster. He had like a career game. Yeah, it might have. He might have still been there. Uh, Rodney, Rodney Pete oh, says. I told But I don't know if he was uh, on that. game. No, he 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 wasn't. He Maybe, didn't play yeah, that he, game. He I know was that. There in this, would he get hurt or something? 
It was either Kramer yeah, or Hippo. Kramer was on the, I, I know on the that. team, I remember too, that, that year, it says. I just thought maybe it was Kramer for some reason. We, st- we started Steve Berline, who was playing pretty well. And Aikman was kind of mad about that. He said he was ready to play, and he was very disappointed. Right. But he hadn't played in weeks. And so – I could see Jimmy Johnson just staying with the guy that's, that's been winning. I, that's a kind of a normal right. way to look at it, I would think. You know what I mean? And he did not the, he did not play well against <laughs> yeah, the Lions, no, shows, I can tell you uh, that. It says Kramer had 341 yards and three touchdowns that day. Oh, cool. He, he killed them. I knew well, he you're talking to somebody who I, – I, I know you're talking about the uh, – He did, Mark. He killed – All the people that are not born when they had – I was only six years old when the Lions won that one. That, so I don't re- really remember them ever winning a playoff game. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's insane. You know, th- but we're getting to the point now, Mark, where we well, can't you, remember them winning anything You can't remember either. what you had Cowboys for dinner are just really, you know. So that's, that's not really a good <laughs> – <laughs> but we can remember Super Bowl ten. We can remember was, Super Bowl uh, ten. Well, that's that was seventies was a great era. I think the seventies and the sixties could have been the two best decades for football. Everybody's going to be saved with their own, but the game was very. It was still very. Right. It hadn't been manipulated by all these crazy rules. And little by little in the right. 80s, they started to implement some of these rules. And um, it's just, I, I, I really think, I, maybe everybody's partial to the era that they grew up in, maybe. I, I, I just, I thought the 60s and 70s were great, uh, like unfiltered football kind of in a way. It was just, uh, I don't know, it was just, uh, you know, the, the guys played on the teams for a long period of time. It was a, They right. trotted out the same team year in and year out. Do you know what I mean? Like there was, was very little changes. It was about and the game. I think that kind of made it about great. about entertainment. It was all about the game. You know, you didn't have three-hour pregame shows. And, you know, at halftime, they bring out the marching band, and uh, it was just like a high school game. You know, they bring out the marching band. Ten minutes, and then the players were back on the field. All right, let's play. Now it's so let me let me ask both of you guys while I got you here. Do you do you do you think that some people go with the theory um, that you know you could ease you could win easier back then because you had consistency of keeping the team the same. And some people go with the theory, oh, you could win quicker now, better, because you could pick up a lot of these free agents. I go, oh, like, which, tough, which do you think? You can argue either way, but I think creating a dynasty, personally creating a dynasty in this era would be di- more difficult and challenging than before the agent, the era of free agency. And there's more more players now. Uh, back then, well, you know, in the 60s, I think they had maybe a 35-man roster, right? I'm not sure, but yeah, it was it was definitely not as large as it would be today, and not nearly as many teams, of course. The AFL and the NFL were divided. Yeah, we had what? Yeah, I think they had a forty man forty man roster in the sixties. I think it was even less. I think it was thirty five, like early sixties. I think a thirty five man roster. 
And you had uh, a lot less teams, of course. And, you know, the guys change. And only because I play fantasy football do I even pick up on it. But there's so much movement in the offseason, you can't even, even keep up with it. And now you start looking. Like I was, I just went online this week to start looking at a couple of different things. And they're talking about there's a couple guys in there. I don't even know who they're talking about, which was unheard of. There was never a time where I didn't know. You know, they're talking about some guy that played for the Jaguars last year, drafted by the Jaguars, who got hurt, the running back, Etienne, Etienne or something, Etienne. I can't think of it. It begins with an E, his last name, Etienne or Etienne. Right. And I was watching a, I was watching a guy on YouTube that I said, who the hell is this guy? You know, and, 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 and you're, 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 you forget about it. And you go, yeah, this guy, and then this guy went over. And for a second, I forgot even where Amari Cooper went. Oh, I forgot he went to the Browns. You know, all this, you know, I knew he, I knew he wasn't on the Cowboys anymore. Not that brutal. But he, I didn't realize he was with the Browns. You forget where they go. And then you forget, oh, geez, Matt Ryan's with the Colts now. And, and uh, the other guy's gone. Uh, uh, you know, the guy that played for North Dakota there. And you, you, all this stuff, these are quarterbacks you're talking about too. Like these aren't just some, you know, run-of-the-mill players. Like it's – the movement is unbelievable. Yeah. But you're right. Arnie's right. Arnie's right, Mark, if you think about it. You you it was you you had the same teams year in and year out. So you were using, you know, okay, you got a different player, somebody retired, they got older, you know, and you had another guy behind right. you who was also there for many years. Look at Larry Cole. He was there for years before he stepped into the right. fray. You know what I mean? When he stepped in for Lily. So you know, but now everybody, it's just, you know, and the guys you lose, it could be drastic. You got, like, you lose two yeah. or three players. It can really alter your team today. But, you know, the Patriots held it together for all those years. How do you think, well, you know, they, 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 had, they had a lot of years of winning C. They almost broke that Cowboy record of 20 straight years. Short, of winning they came very close I think to they it. They fell one. Um, yep. I think it was one short, but. They held it together all those years, you know. Did they? Did they? Did they? We don't need to talk the, about that because the Lions that, are opposite. Did they break the Steelers' record of uh, four Super Bowls in six years? Did the? I don't remember how many the Patriots won because I wasn't following it as closely. Did they win four I, in six? Years, the Patriots. I think. I had. I can't remember. What was what was the question, Mark? I can't remember. I, I was, I'm looking. They, uh, the they, they might have won four Super Bowls in a span of six years. I'm wondering if the Patriots were able to duplicate that. I don't. I don't think so. I mean, in the 2000s, they had. I think it was the early 2000s. So they had the two in a row at one point. Three. There was a pretty span in there. I. I I'm going to say probably not. Uh, that that that's a lot of Super Bowls in such a short short yeah. period. And that, that's, this is what really uh, irritated me is this Steeler fan I'm debating with. He's complaining about the score of the game. <laughs> you won four Super Bowls in six years, and you're complaining? <laughs> Mark, Mark's really mad at the – who is no, this guy, Mark? Just, who is he? Uh, is he a co-worker? One of those football groups where, <laughs> you know, 
people post silly things. And the guy didn't said Jarella missed four field goals. They said, you better rewatch the game because he missed two field goals. And then he's telling me the Steelers' defense went to sleep. Yeah, tell Storbeck about how they went to sleep. Seven. seven exactly. Sacks. What did he have? Eight sacks, Mark? A, you know. Seven. That was one and of those quarterbacks that was just in though. the pocket. They would have had 12. The only reason they didn't have more than seven is because Storbeck could get out of those. You know, he was a, a scrambler. He got out of a lot of them. If you had, uh, you know. You know, there's a, there's a guy on YouTube. Right, called, his that. handle is called The yeah. Logical Cowboy. I might have sent you a couple. He's very good. He's, he's got an accent. He's like sounds like he's kind of like Jamaican. or he, he's, he's pretty knowledgeable, and he puts his stuff on. And last night I saw one, and he said, is this the most – was this the most uh, best Cowboy team of all time? And he talks about the 93 team. The one that beat the 49ers handily in the playoffs. And then they were actually losing to Buffalo at halftime, 13 to 6 in the Super Bowl. And I said, look, if all things being considered, okay, if you look at each Cowboy team that won the Super Bowl, and even the one that lost in 78 was a to Pittsburgh, that was a great team. I I think maybe I think the 71 team might have been better than the 93 team. I just look at the lineup. And people go, oh, well, they had Emmett Smith. And, yeah, look, let me tell you something. That's right. Dwayne Thomas was that good for that year. Absolutely. Dwayne Thomas was phenomenal. Okay. Bob Lilly said yep. he thought that Dwayne Thomas could have been the next Jim Brown. And he played against Jim Brown. Okay. The Cowboys had two. They had two tremendous all pros on the offensive line and a Hall of Famer in Rayfield Wright. John Nyland was all pro. And so was – uh. Uh, Ralph Neely, okay? They had Staubach, and they had two. I know Lance Allworth was older, but they had Bob Hayes and Lance Allworth at wide receiver. Both They're both in the Hall of Fame. And Mike Ditka at tight end, also. also I know he was older, also in the Hall of Fame, okay? And their defenses couldn't compare. The 71 Cowboys defense was way better than the 93 Cowboy defense any day of the week, Okay? They had tremendous. They had tr they had a tremendous defensive line, and they had a tremendous linebacker. Chuck Holly should be in the Hall of Fame. We already talked about it, and three out of their four secondary guys are in the Hall of Fame: Mel Renfro, Herb Adderley, and Cliff Harris. Three out of four in the secondary. The Cowboys' 71 defense was better than 93. Whenever someone asks me who is the best Cowboys team ever, I always pick 71. 71. They started off very slow that season. They were 4-3. and three. And Then they reeled off 10 wins in a row. 10 wins in a row. And they beat. look who they beat in the playoffs. The, the Vikings. Vikings probably had the best defense in the league that year. Then they had to play the 49ers, who may have had the best passing game in all of football. And then they played the Dolphins, who the following year went undefeated. That they they were not playing, they were not playing soft teams. That's right. They won ten games in a row after starting off. 
And not only did they, not That's only did right. they play the Dolphins, they they held them to three points, which was a record until somebody just tied it a couple of years ago. That Rams, that grotesque Super Bowl, the Rams against the Patriots was disgusting. Anyway, the Cowboys held Miami to three point. You know, if Larry Zonka didn't fumble in the opening drive of that yeah. game, that could have been yep. kind of a different game. You know, it was the only time he fumbled in. Yeah, I don't think he had a fumble the whole season. Twelve carries or something. And he fumbled. That's right. Nope. He crossed yep. midfield, and then on the that next play, he fumbled. But that was it, Arnie. I'm. I'm I, how do you like? Uh, how do you like? I looked at some of the guys on the Lions. I had Swift last year on my fantasy team, and he got hurt on Thanksgiving, and that killed me when he got hurt on Thanksgiving. Because you're just coming into the stretch run for fantasy. And, like, he was really getting me a lot of – see, we get two points per reception in our league. And he was getting a lot of catches out of the backfield. And he was having a good year for me, I tell you. And that that hurt. Um, but I see that he's going in, like, there's some guys taking him in the first round this year even in fantasy. Yeah, if he stays healthy, he's going to be – Phenomenal. I mean, I, I, that's what sucks about it, though, is because you can't get him at a value anymore. No, I, I, I agree with you. And, but how about the other guy that runs there? They, there's another guy that gets a fair amount of share of carries. Oh, James Williams. Again? Or, I mean, Jamal Williams. Y- yes. He came from Green so, Bay. Yeah, I mean, he's going to still get the rock, but they have uh, that Craig Reynolds had a pretty good year last year when he was – the only guy in town, but they just signed Justin Jackson too. So I've, I mean, I, I take any one of them in the, at the, the later draft, uh, the rounds, but just basically it's DeAndre Swift. And that's about it. As far as main fantasy value, unless he gets hurt. How about the tight end? He's not bad. Yeah. Hawkinson's good, but uh, they actually want to use him more as an inline blocker. If anything, DJ Chark might actually be a guy that comes out like as a steal in the late round drafts because everybody's going after Amon St. Brown, which he's he's phenomenal too as like a slot guy. But I could see that DJ Chark, they could hook up for a few deep bombs because he's Pro Bowl type talent. I mean, he's done it before. So I don't know. I'm really excited just because they got that. It's, it's just if they get stay healthy. And they're going to be in a lot of shootouts because that defense is – they're not ready yet. They're just real young, and they're starting to put talent up there with the Aiden Hutchinson. So we shall see. But, Dave, right? so if you're into fantasy football, we're going to put together one for the Sports History Network. If you want to join, uh, if you're looking for something fun to do, we, oh, we, we can that, invite you to. You, you as well, Mark. I don't even know any of the players, but <laughs> – well then, I for sure need to invite you to the league because you know you're you're fresh fresh fish or whatever they call it, you know, and all the guys that Dave puts away, you know, the fish in the in the in the cell. <laughs> no, listen, it's I, I that's I'm, I'm going to tell you, I'll either do swaps on Sundays at work or I'll or I'll uh, save some of my vacation time to take Sundays off. I got guys coming over here. One of the guys has been coming over here 27 years. We we have we did a fantasy league out of I told you I think it was started in the USA Today newspaper. And, and Brett Favre had just gotten drafted by the Falcons. So I'm not sure what year that was. It might have been 92 or 91. Yeah, and that was the year we started. And then by the third year 
Whoever was supposed to be answering the phones wasn't answering the phones anymore. It's like the middle of the season, and we're calling each other up, and you're going, are you guys putting your line up? And nobody's answering the phone. Well, they folded up, packed up their tents. They went home. So then we just kept the same scoring. They had a real good scoring system that we actually kept for our league. So we've been doing it a long time, and guys have a fun time doing it, and I have fun doing it, you know, but uh, we – we save players for two or three years, then we throw them back in. So this is our throwback year where we start from scratch again. But it's, it's we, we have limited waivers. We only get X amount of waivers a year. There's none of this crazy stuff where there's unlimited amount and people are making waivers every week. We, you know, we limit it to six. And if you have a guy that goes out injured, you don't have to use it against your six. You could pick up another guy without using a waiver pick, but it makes it very competitive. You just can't start, you know, or picking up guys to block somebody else from getting the guy. That stuff doesn't doesn't kind of go on in our, our league. But it's a you know, it's pretty good. You know, it's 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 fun still. I still have fun doing it. You know, but I've been watching a lot of I've been trying to catch up now and I I noticed that there's all these it's just so many on the it's unbelievable the amount of the guys that have these things on, on YouTube. It's it's staggering, the amounts of them. Some of them are very good, and some of them are terrible, actually. But some of them are very informative. You know what I mean? And you're like, boy, this guy, you know, he really does his homework. Or there's some really interesting guys out there that have some interesting stuff. i gotta, I got to be honest. You know, like the guy, some of the guys show cowboy stuff. I don't even waste my time watching it. Besides you, Mark, the biggest... There's a guy here, Jeff, in town in Waterbury. He's like one of the biggest cowboy guys that's very, he's up, he's, you know, like I said, the first time we ever spoke on, on this thing, there's guys that know, and then there's guys that really know. <laughs> you know what I mean? And there's not too many guys that really know. You know, Mark being one of them, and, and uh, this other guy, Jeff, I know, he's got, you know, a really good memory and stuff, but, you know, you don't get that a lot of times, but. It's 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 not it's not fun to talk about it. I don't care, <laughs> you know. Like you, you said, Mark, what else are you going to be enjoyment. doing? You can't just work all the time. You have right. to have some enjoyment. And, and thank God we have No, you got to do stuff, and you know. And I I noticed too with all these young guys that I do work yeah. with, a lot of them aren't even into sports anymore. I noticed that. Right. Like a lot of them don't even follow. They don't play. They don't, you know, they don't care right. about even watching football or anything. So if I can work a Friday for their Sunday, they they love to do it. I'll work your Friday. You work my Sunday because they want to get Friday and Saturday off these young guys. You know what I mean? So it works out right. good for me. And I don't, I don't mind doing it, you know. So we'll see what happens. But the Cowboys already down a receiver. This guy, James Washington, or Wash that they picked up from Pittsburgh. He's a receiver, helped take up the void that he got broke his foot or did something to his, sprained his foot. So he's going to be out like six or seven weeks. So they already got their hands full at the receiver position of, you know, they got Noah Brown, who's average at bad. They got a couple of young guys. I guess they're supposed to be pretty good, but I don't know. We shall see. Dave, I, mean? um, I was watching that, that um, Cowboys and Eagles game you sent me. 1981. I still haven't finished it, but one oh, thing I phenomenal. noticed, one thing I noticed in that game, well, I've noticed it in other games too. 
I don't think I ever saw a quarterback take more blind blindside shots than Jaworski did. He never seemed to have a, <laughs> he never he seemed to have a sense he was getting that somebody was behind them. You know, they say after two three seconds, quarterback should know that somebody. He never seemed to to like he just ignored like he just was folk so tunnel vision. You know, he would never realize that someone. <laughs> As the Italians would say, uh, my yeah. father used to say, the Italians would say he was getting scowled. Yeah. Oh. And I mean, he was really taking a pounding. Yeah. I, I noticed that, Mark. Yeah. And Randy no White was getting to him played, a lot. He would take those blindside shots. And he was a decent quarterback. but he he was, You know, as you get older, I, yeah. You start to look at things, you watch these older games and you look at stuff and there's all this stuff today and, you know, you get more limited. I think we talked about this, Mark, like what you want to buy or what you want to collect. And about uh, right during COVID, I think it was 2020, I took a trip down to the Amish. I like to go every year kind of because there's just a lot of nice stuff that you can get down there. Everything they make is really good. And there was a guy with a sports store down there. And he had a picture of Ed Jones sacking Bradshaw. And it, he didn't sack him. Bradshaw got the ball away. Yes. I, I take it back. And it was in this game we just watched, Super Bowl Ten. It was in the first quarter. And I mean, Ed Jones came off the end. And six foot nine, he really lambasted him. And I said to myself, that's the picture. So the guy blew the picture up. And he put it into a really nice frame. And because I do a lot of photography, I kind of know what frames are worth. It was a double matted frame. It was a really nice frame with blue and silver, you know. And I didn't, for some reason, I don't know why. I was going to go back, but I didn't pull the trigger. And it was like one of the things, it was like one of those things that you look at and it takes you right back to your early days of watching football. The second you see, I said, that's Super Bowl X because they, the, they had the patch. They had the patch on the thing. And I said, there's the play right there. It was in the first quarter when I was watching the game. I said, that's it. That's the play where Ed Jones came up over the top and just landed. He just put all his weight on him, and you could see it. And it's, it was a, And I said, I never went back and got that, you know, and I don't, <laughs> I don't, you know, you don't really care as you get older. Yeah, I think yeah. I told you, I Mark, did I tell you I bought a Super Bowl ring years ago or no? I after. After I yeah. bought that ring, that was the end of it for me, kind of. Uh, it, it was, it was, you know, the guy that had it, he dealt in rings. He, they called him the ring man, Irv Lerner. He was out of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. He's completely out of it now. He doesn't do it at all. I don't know if somebody took over his collection, but he had all kinds of rings. He had salesman samples. He had rings that, like, um, whoever was making the ring that year, they would make up well, they would call them salesman samples, and they would make up rings. And so the team would look at certain rings, like make maybe four or five rings, and they would pick, oh, we're going to go with this one. So there were these salesman samples left over. But the ring that I ended up getting was one that was supposed to go to somebody that was working within the organization. And so it's the players' rings and the diamonds on the, each corner, there was two. And on this ring, there was only one. And that was the difference between the between the two rings, between the people that were 
and the ring in the middle was round. The diamond in the middle was round in the middle of the star. And the player's right. rings, the actual diamond, was cut in the shape of the star. So if that was the two difference between the regular, the, the uh, 53 rings that got handed out to the players in 92, and there was another 27 rings, I think. There was a total of 80 rings. And I had just gotten, you know, I had gotten in good with the guy. I'd seen him for years and years at the national show. And I said, this is what I'm looking for. This is kind of what I want, if you can get it. He had a 95 ring when they beat um, the Steelers in 95. Yeah. He did have one, but by that time, the rings were getting bigger. And they yeah. were kind of actually gaudy looking. And I didn't like, even like the look of it. And I have big hands. Yeah. My rings, I had to take a size 16 and a half ring. And even that, I said, you know something? This ring is it's not even, the ring that I have was really pretty. Like you could wear it into a place you could wear it to a restaurant and it's not this overpowering crazy <laughs> ugly thing that looks like you're walking around with like an animal on your hand like carrying around like a little a, a chip, chipmunk or something yeah. these rings have gotten crazy they're out of control they're not even really nice looking. i'll be honest with you they're kind of stupid looking if you ask me you know the i remember the first one i ever saw up close was after a monday night football game and i saw hank stram he was leaving the stadium and we walked right up to him and, he, and we were talking to him, and he had his ring on. And I said, Hank, uh, Mr. Stram, do you mind if I take a look? And he showed, he put it out, and it was really, really nice. It had that red in it. And it, it wasn't. It was in the shape of a football, I think, the inner part. It was similar to the Jets ring the year before. The Jets have that green. If you look at the – I saw Joe Namath saw him at the Hall of Fame. His was nice too. But the Hank Stram ring was really nice, and the Raiders had a couple of really nice rings. Al Davis had some really, really nice taste when it came to making their Super Bowl rings. But ever since that Cowboy 95 ring, they started that took off and they started to get crazy. Some of these look at some of the Patriots Super Bowl rings. They're absolutely ridiculous. They're 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 insane. You know what I mean? But you know, now you just you see stuff and but that. That picture of Ed Jones, I should have pulled the trigger on it. It wasn't even that expensive. It was nicely framed. Yeah, I, I would have found someplace for my house. I have no room here, Mark. You know that. I mean, but you take something yeah. else down and you put that up. You just you change it out. But, you know, no, as you get older, you so don't seem to room. care as much, I think. It gets to be too much work. You know? I have this. <laughs> I got, do I have Melfar? I think I have Mel Farr or I have Lem Barney. One of those two, Arnie, in one of those three-foot Sports Illustrated posters from the 70s. I had him laminated. And I think he's calling for a fair catch. I think it, I got to go look at the number. I can't I can't remember if, which guy it was, but I have that upstairs with a bunch of other real old ones. I put them in a closet. Like I said, people be throwing it all away. <laughs> what are you, you going to do with this stuff? I mean, you know what I mean? Start hanging and, you know, you know, I guess you could donate it to somebody or somebody that's got, you know, that likes old time football stuff. I'll just give it, I'll give it all away. I mean, I got a lot of stuff, but, you know, it is what it is. But that, you putting it on YouTube, Barney, that was a good idea. Mark was telling me about that. That's where you could show a lot of your, you know, stuff that, you know, people could appreciate. There you go. 
an extensive conversation between Mark and Dave covering Super Bowl X, and then you even got more than you bargained for. And how about that little teaser there at the end where Dave mentioned how he's going to put some videos up on YouTube? Well, at the time of getting this all edited up, Mark hammered out at least 20 short videos showing some of his cool memorabilia and giving a mini history lesson of each one. We'll start posting them over on YouTube channel for the Sports History Network, including many more from other shows on our network. So head over there. Make sure you do that little thing where you click that little bell, you know, notification bell so you can get notified as soon as a new video releases. But for now, dude, I'm through fear through. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com.